Hey, this is Ryan Bartley coming up next on Rolling Wild. And I was really scared. I was thinking I'm going to be recast if I can't get my sound quality up. You know, there were all these technical challenges and I was thinking I could get recast like this. You know, this is bad. But there was some weird scariness associated with it. And then on top of that, you're just dealing with everything emotionally that everyone else is going through right now. And Hey everyone, welcome back to Rolling Wild with Alejandro Reynoso. Today I have a really special surprise for you, especially for all my listeners who are hardcore anime fans. This episode, I'm so excited to bring you Ryan Bartley. Ryan was born in the heart of Texas, Fort Worth. She began her acting career when she was only six years old, performing with a musical theater touring company and in various plays and musicals at Creative Arts Theater and School in Arlington, Texas. She began working in voiceover, first performing for Radio Disney, recording dozens of radio spots, and later voicing the lead character Emmy Ito for the New Horizon English textbook used to teach school-age children English. Upon moving to L.A., Ryan hit the ground running, and she's lent her voice to multiple radio campaigns and television promos for top clients, including McDonald's, Build-A-Bear Workshop, and Disney Channel. While pursuing her acting career in L.A., Ryan earned her bachelor's degree in cinema television critical studies and a minor in screenwriting from the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts. So we've got a real slacker on the line today. (laughs) Graduating magna cum laude. Ryan can also be heard in the English language dubs of several popular anime series, including Neon Genesis Evangelion as Rei Ayanami, Carolyn Tuesday as Angela, Hunter Hunter as Komugi, and ReZero as Rom. She's also been in Love Live School Idol Project, Your Lie in April, Mob Psycho 100, Konosuba, Berserk, Sword Art Online the Movie, Ordinal Scale. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, Stardust Crusaders, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, and much, much more. I'm running out of air, Ryan. <laughs> she also voices Jay the Blue Jay on the Netflix original animated series Treehouse Detectives, Pammy in Yoohoo to the Rescue, and Young Zeta on Nickelodeon's Shimmer and Shine. She's also worked on video game projects like the recently announced Persona 5 Royal, Pokemon Masters, and Fire Emblem Heroes. Her on-camera credits include the critically acclaimed indie web series L.A. Macabre, where she played Jamie Holbrook, and the Lifetime movie Queen-Sized, in which she played Emily Dosick. Thank you. So excited to have you on, Ryan. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. That was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you. <laughs> well, when you do that much stuff and you're, you know, you're just sitting on your hands. Oh, my gosh. Um, we got a lot to pull thank from, you. and that is an abridged version of your resume. <laughs> thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. So you and I are actually um, colleagues in the Pac-12. Oh. So that's cool. Wait, what school did you go to? I went to Stanford. Oh, so cool. Yeah, nice. so so we're um, we're big football rivals. We really are. I'm going to have to text you on game day. You're going I out. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. Were you, like, did you watch football in college, go to the games I, I was very uh, enthusiastic, go Cardinal. Yeah, So uh, <laughs> Yeah, so no hard feelings there. Right, right, right. Uh, we <laughs> can't be friends, but, you know, it's all good. No. We can't be friends, <laughs> but we can be uh, colleagues. So. Right. <laughs> That's awesome, though. No, I loved that. I, I got really into that and, you know, went to the games when I was in school. And even sometimes I'll go to homecoming or if there's a special game. My boyfriend went to uh, University of Washington. So when, when we play the Huskies, if it yeah. happens to be here in L.A., we'll definitely always go to that game. That's so funny. My <laughs> boyfriend's parents are went to the University of Washington, and so they're Huskies fans. Yeah. And so he was always very conflicted on, like, game right. days with Washington. A house divided. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not as bad, though, as um, our best friends. Uh, we met them at Stanford, but her boyfriend uh, graduated from Cal. So they really were a house divided. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have friends whose parents, like, went to UCLA and they went to USC and they're like, they have to even make, like, special flags. Like, like right. it'll, it'll be, like, a house divided and it has both on one flag. Exactly. Yeah, that's the big one is Cal Stanford for Mm -hmm. for those friends of mine. Yes. Um, So not so bad. (laughs) But thank you so much for hopping on the line with us. Thank you for having me. It's uh, I know it's been a crazy few weeks. Yeah, we're living through the coronavirus right now. We're all in quarantine. 
Yes, and this is this is actually our first COVID episode on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, how has that been for you? I it's know, been like, wild. as voice actors, we work on our own a lot. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't seeing a lot of my uh, castmates in general because, like you said, we do record usually alone. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple things that I had like ensemble stuff for, but a lot of times I'm alone anyway. But this is really like you know next level. This is pretty weird. Um, so I happened to have bought a whisper room last year. Uh, and good timing. Yeah, crazy good timing. Um, just another actor was moving and getting a different booth. They were actually moving out of the country, so they were selling this booth and they were going to get a new one wherever you know when they were moving Mm -hmm. and so I um I got this whisper room at a great you know great rate and it was kind of spur of the moment and I was like "Eh, I want a booth but I haven't thought about this but this is a great booth and the price is right so I just did it and now now it's like whoa I cannot believe I happen to have gotten this and then less than a year later I think it's only been like maybe seven or eight months that I've had this booth Mm -hmm. now I'm like living in it and working in it and doing professional gigs in it I just did a video game in it um, a couple days ago and it's like the weirdest thing Um, but I'm really grateful that um, that I have this and that I'm able to keep working and it's been wild it's been such a weird experience so yeah yeah the timing on that is awesome but yeah we're making the best of it I'm I bet but we talk a lot on the show about the luck just being preparation and timing meeting up at the, oh, totally. at the right spot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what has your, your process or that transition been like? You know, even though we work a lot in isolation, you know, you usually go into a studio, you work with an engineer and you mm-hmm. work with at least your your production team is is in person. Yeah. Right. For the most part. What has that transition been like, you know, working from home? Yeah, it's been kind of strange. Um. So what we're doing right now is we're using a service called Source Connect to um, get my microphone basically onto the engineer's computer and so they can hear me through my um, my microphone, which is a good microphone. I'm really glad that I happen to have had a really great microphone before all this, but mm-hmm. um, but I was before this, I was just using it for auditions, you know, I never did gigs at home right. because I don't engineer, you know, and mm-hmm. now the um, actors are basically having to uh, at least just set our own levels and ride the gain and adjust for yelling and whispering and and that's pretty much it. Like we're still not engineers, you know, and mm-hmm. we'll never be engineers, like we're actors, you know. Um, and I went to film school, so I have like an amazing respect for everyone on the technical side of this. And I would never in a million years pretend to be an engineer, you know, that's just never Mm going to happen. Um, but with them on source connect, they're able to tell us like, Hey, you're peaking on that. Can you turn down your gain? And then I'll, I can turn it down and say, Hey, how's this? And I'll do it again. And they can tell me, okay, yeah, that's better. Or, you know, you need to turn it up more or whatever, you know? So, um, they're kind of having to do that. And I just got a monitor this week um, because when we dub, like for anime, we have to see the picture. And right. some they're, what, so what they're doing is they're showing us picture over Skype, um, like screen sharing. It's really strange. And so we're on we're, we're using um, our source connect for our audio and uh, and then Skype just for the picture. And we're muting our input in and output on Skype. Um, so you don't get that like like reverb and the static staticky stuff that comes through sky you know all all that kind of stuff and so um so I got this monitor because sometimes when you're running those that many programs you're running Skype and you're running Audacity or whatever your recording program is that you use for me it's Audacity um and you're running you know you have your script open a pdf or whatever you have all these things um, it can make your computer overheat. And so a lot of people have been having problems with the the fan on their computer going on and mm. then that picks up on the mic, you know? So, yeah. um, so I got a monitor this week and, uh, the idea is to put the, the computer either outside of the booth or underneath my desk and with the pillow on top of it away from the mic or, you know, so we're making it work. Like we're getting pretty creative in our solution yeah. to this, but it's been really challenging. It's been, um, it's just been a lot to take in and everything is also slowed down. So I was working on some things that were supposed to be out that aren't, they, they're just 
it took everyone a few weeks to figure out how to do this. And just every step along the way has taken longer. Um, But we're finally actually kind of getting back into it and booking sessions and, you know, making the best of this and trying to make it work. And and it is. It is working. That's the kind of the wild thing is that all these things that I thought we we can't do that from home. We can't do that. You know, that we we can. We are, (laughs) you know. So it's it's kind of inspirational. It's like, you know, voiceover finds a way. (laughs) You know, life finds a way. Anime finds a way. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. There needs to be a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, how much trepidation was there going into it? Because I know, like you were saying this, this can't work, but at the point that people were like, all right, we're going to try and book it. We're going to do this. How ready were you personally to be like, all right, yeah, I'm getting on Source Connect. I'm getting, you know, Mm -hmm. we're doing it via Skype. It's happening. That's actually a great question. Yeah. So I was really scared at first. And then our community really stepped up. Um, The other actors, especially in the JRPG and anime community, have actually been sort of... um, sharing with each other all the troubleshooting issues that can that can happen during this oh, process awesome. and have been sharing their favorite types of mics and 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 uh interfaces and headphones and setups and tricks for soundproofing and everything we've been sharing yeah. so much information with each other um and even information about how how commercial copy is changing, you know, what to look out for, because this this is a totally new trend in how commercials are, are um, the tone, the tone of commercials dealing with mm-hmm. this this crisis, you know. And right. so um, we've all just been sharing constant information. The engineers have stepped up and gone so far out of their way to help us what they call standardize our VO, which means make sure that we're all recording uh, the way that they would record us in the settings, the set, you mm-hmm. know, setting everything correctly in our in our session and and what range we should be looking for in our audio and keeping our eye on certain things and um and how to export properly and make sure it's the right format so that they can basically what their job is is to make make it sound like all these different people in their different booths and different mics make it sound like those characters are all in the same world right and the easier the more we can all get on the same page with that the easier their job is the quicker it is for them um which is already going to be slow as it is but anything we can do to help them you know mix the mix down these shows faster and better uh, will help us all keep our jobs and and keep making you know our our art our shows so uh, so the engineers and the other actors have been like the heroes in this if you guys get any anime this year you gotta like shout out to the engineers because they've they've more than stepped up um, it and you know it's been pretty wild I'll bet yeah because I mean you start. You know, I mean, it's an exponential problem, right? Because it's not just the actor having to pseudo engineer for themselves a little bit for the first time. It's then also taking everyone's separate audio and trying to make it sound like this was all done in a cohesive way and it's mm-hmm. all on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy impressive. So um, <laughs> bravo to the anime community for making it happen and cranking it out. Yeah. It's wild. We did pause like the simul dubs or the weekly shows. Mm-hmm. Even if they, simul dub is like a word that they use for when a show is airing in Japan and then it's also airing pretty quickly after here in the States. Um, so there were some shows that we were doing that were simul dubs and there were others that were not quite simul dubs, but they were still on very rigorous release schedules where the mm-hmm episodes would be coming out week by week and so we did have to pause that for a couple weeks while people just like figured it out but I thought it was going to be on pause for months and the truth is it's not like we are actually uh we figured it out we're gonna be able to do those shows probably knock on wood um Mm -hmm. but at first I was running through all these doomsday scenarios like um I'm working on a show right now that I can't talk about really much yet although probably by the time you put up this interview it'll be out but um but I'm it's a really wonderful role it's a perfect role for me it's a um I'm it's a big role uh, it's a really difficult role um emotionally challenging mm-hmm. uh and the character is dealing with some trauma and I knew I could do it like I was very much excited to delve into this but I <laughs> the quarantine started right after I had just started the show mm-hmm. and uh, we hadn't got to the meat of it and I was really scared I was thinking I'm going to be recast if I can't get my um 
my sound quality up, my um, my equipment, my mm-hmm. tech. I had to change my internet provider because I needed faster internet so that I could see picture without it dropping out frames. Mm-hmm. You know, there were all these technical challenges and I was thinking I could get recast like this, you know, this is a this is bad. But um, so, you know, so far that hasn't happened. So not good wood. That won't happen. But um, but yeah, there was some weird scariness associated with it. And then on top of that, you're just dealing with everything emotionally that everyone else is going through right now and trauma of this experience. And, um, you know, it's been stressful for everyone and trying to just keep your job. Everyone's worried about that right now and trying to keep your loved ones safe. And, you know, just all of that mixed into uh, now how do I create this piece of art that I was working on, you know, and I had just barely started to delve into the psychology of that character, which is traumatic in its own way, as I said. But but dealing with both of those at once is like, whoa, I'm holding quite a lot right now. Um, So there's that too, you know. It's true. And the the nice thing, though, about what we do as actors and um, with the people in the communities that uh, consume these 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 products or this content is that you get to work through a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. through these characters. Yeah. Um, so I think it's also making it more evident now how important it is to have these things so that people have that outlet and that emotional escape, especially when we're so isolated mm-hmm. to be able to work through something with a character or, or another person experiencing yeah. life. Yeah. And I know because uh, I'm also very good friends with Zeno Robinson mm-hmm. and I listened to his interview and a lot of um, your conversation was about timing. The strangest thing is that this character, a lot of their trauma is isolation related, mm. <laughs> like issues of yeah. um, that and loneliness and desire to connect with that and that kind of thing. And it's just, wow, the timing of that is so perfect. And I just... That happens all the time, too, where you're going through something um, in your real life that mirrors a character or you find a piece of you that's so authentic in another character and you kind of latch onto that and and develop your character around that. Um, And it's it's a beautiful thing, really, as traumatic as it can be um, (laughs) when you find these things that uh, you connect to in that way. Wow. It makes the character just really come to life. So. You know, the timing of this will be perfect for that. I mean, it also goes back to when things find you, right? Because Mm -hmm. uh, Candy Milo, who is like a legend in VO, um, you know, always talks about how your role is out there or, you know, the thing that's yours is out there. Mm -hmm. And if it's yours, um, it'll it'll be yours. It'll find you. Mm hmm. And so it also comes into play when you think about like, yeah, I was in that place in my life or yeah. that's totally how I felt because it's it's honest at that yeah, point. Yeah, totally. It does. It finds you. I just thought that was, yeah, a really beautiful parallel mm-hmm. there. Wow, yeah. And, you know, just in this time, like I have been, you know, looking into lots of resources within our community or other actors that I look up to, you know, and I was just recently watching this old panel that um, Mela Lee did. And uh, and she was talking about, like, you know, all the kind of like trips and falls along the way, especially mm-hmm. because you brought up that Zeno episode. Yeah. And, you know, he was talking about like having that seven year dry spell. Oh, yeah. No, we were tripping and falling together. That's how we met. <laughs> we were like child actors try to get jobs and failing for years, years and years. We read for every show that exists, every show that you can name. We auditioned for it and didn't book it, you know, and that was our life forever. But that's part of it. But go on. I (laughs) no, no. I mean, but that's the thing, too, is right. Like it's I think it's it's so beneficial for people to hear Zeno say that and to hear Mm -hmm. you say that or to hear any of us say that because there's the whole like, oh, they were an overnight success, you know, but that one (laughs) night lasted 10 years. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. now it's like, I mean, Zeno's killing it. Right. Yeah. And you're killing it, too. And like there are all these things coming up where you're like, I did, you know, like you have Persona 5. Mm-hmm. But it is this thing of people are like, oh, wow, they're doing this and that. And like they're just working a ton and oh, it must be so easy for them. Oh, and you're no. like, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. You guys see the tip of the iceberg. I auditioned for hundreds upon hundreds of things that I'm not in all the time. Like right. literally um, I don't know what my number it like some people try and find out their booking ratio to tell you, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I book this percentage. And it's always like infinitesimal. It's so small, you know, but right. I've never even done that. I wouldn't even want to know. It's so <laughs> many. It's I mean, every day of my life, probably uh, between like two and 
four or five auditions a day, mm-hmm. um, every day, including weekends, probably, um, depending on how busy the week is, you know. And and by the way, that that hasn't really slowed down because we do our auditions remotely. So right. in the midst of um, Corona, the COVID-19, um, we've been, you know, having to audition and all the time still, as you know, you know, and these things don't stop. I'm hoping that maybe we can all just do all of our auditioning now and then try to do those ensemble gigs later, you know, in the (laughs) year, because it's normally it's quite a lot to handle to be working all day and then come home and have to do your auditions all day. But there was a few weeks uh, at the beginning of this quarantine where we weren't working yet and I was just auditioning, but that didn't really slow down that much. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's just part of it. You got to audition you'll audition more than if you know if there's actors or people that want to be actors listening auditioning is your job I mean yeah that's just the the truth right yeah our our job is not to book like those are those are the cherry on top yeah um you know our job is is to audition it's not to book something yeah you know we want that's that's uh that's the goal but it's not the job yeah um and you better love auditioning too like if if you don't love auditioning you are not going to be happy. You're in for a world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do. I mean, I have to think, I think, you know, this is my one chance to be this character. Probably most of the time, 99.99999% of the time, your audition's the only time you will ever play that character. So what fun, what wonderful chance is this to like really see what's there and then let it go. And then you also have to be like a duck with uh, water off your back, you know, forget about yeah. it forever. And that's really hard for some people. Like I couldn't tell you if I tried, I couldn't tell you the last like five auditions I recorded, even though they were in the last like 50 hours. Well, you I just got to crank it out yeah, and then like, let like, it go. Exactly. You let it go forever. And then sometimes you'll get a call back and you'll be like, whoa, how long ago was that? Did yeah. I audition for that last Did I audition for that? Yeah. Did I? And you'll be like, oh, it was that last week or the week before? Or like, oh, that was a pilot I read for three months ago. Wow. Cool. You know, and that happens. And so, but you really got to just like try your best, be that character fully in the moment and then let it go forever. That's your that's almost my entire job. Yeah, no, I love that because I've like we've we've talked about the whole all right, like do it and let it go. Mm-hmm. And in, you have to enjoy that audition, like do it for you. But this is the first time I've heard someone say this is my one chance to be this yeah. particular character. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's actually really cool if you think about it that way because it's like, cool, I get to be a squirrel for the next 30 minutes. I get to be a superhero for, you know, for the next hour while I'm recording this. And then, you know, that's that's maybe it forever. But just love that. Love that half hour. Love that. Love that hour, you know, that you spend on that copy and or whatever. My I take a lot of time on auditions because I do all sorts of weird little markups on my scripts. But, you Mm -hmm. know, for whatever your time is that you do that audition it's going to be fun. Like, how cool is that to get to do those things for a brief moment, you know? And then yeah. maybe once in a blue moon, you'll get lucky and you get to do that thing for money again. Maybe for a long time, maybe for another one session, maybe for another year, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a room with other people. Who knows? But th- but that's not like why you do it in the moment when you get that audition, you know? Right. Right. Which kind of begs another question because uh, Jonathan Tucker He's a, like a film and TV actor and, and theater actor. He was talking about how actors will sometimes, like one of the things that really will bring us down is that we confuse work and employment. Mm. Um, and that as an actor, you know, sometimes his friends will be like, oh, you know, like I'm not working and like I'm really frustrated and it sucks. And, you know, I have bills and like I need to, you know, I got, I got to find a job. Or I got to do this or you know, I have to find some way to supplement this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, there's a difference between work and employment because as an actor, you should always be working. There's not really an excuse to not, whether that's... Yeah, taking a class. You, yeah, exactly. Take a class. You know, um, if if you love theater, do theater. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like, be auditioning, that's work. If yeah. you book something, that's employment, right? Like yeah. that's definitely a goal yeah. in all of this but um but there is a difference and that's another thing that i think mentally keeps you a little bit healthier mhm yeah no totally is being able to to split that so for you kind of how how do you find that balance if you're comfortable talking about yeah. it because you know finances are always a touchy thing yeah but- yeah well i i mean that's kind of you always have to kind of challenge yourself, I think, in terms of uh, the kind of work you're putting out. So I'm a big fan of taking – I have always been in an acting class, like, of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I try not to take too many breaks. Sometimes I get overwhelmed with work or whatever, and I have I have to to take a break from like the studying part of it. But right. I want to live a life and have a career where you're a constant student in that you are always uh, working on your craft and getting your butt into the acting classes. Like that's mm-hmm. like a big um, a big thing that a lot of people forget to do. And I'm guilty of that too. There's been years where like, not full years, but there's been certain years where I'm booking a ton and I just like the training, it's just not going to happen that time because I'm working so much, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, it's a good reason. To, it's a good to reason. Have the, yeah. But like, I, you know, so I get my butt back into a class when I can or a workshop, even if it's just for an evening. Um, but when when COVID-19, when we when we started the quarantine, for example, I was in the midst of uh, improv classes every week. And we had a sh- I had a show that weekend and a comedy show that weekend that um, was canceled because of um, because of the quarantine, obviously, and right. which for good reason, obviously, you know, but um but I am always most impressed with the actors who challenge themselves in other artistic ways. Um, I know a lot of directors that direct anime or uh, or animation, but they're directing theater or they're um, acting coaches on the side because they they involve they thrive off that kind of environment. So, um, and I'm a very improv heavy person in general um in terms of anime we can't really improv because you do have to match the mouth flaps but i use improv in that way to change sort of my motivation or my my intent or the way i read something um in terms of the inflection you it's still important to be able to think on your feet Mm -hmm. um so i'm usually trying to get myself into an improv class if i'm not in one (laughs) at any given time uh But yeah, I mean, that's and also, of course, you know, you brought up finance, like finances, people have to these are expensive, like that's unfortunately, you know, right. Um, So you have to be kind of a good business person, you have to have Mm -hmm. your own budget, live within your means. And um, a lot of people have side jobs or whatever. And that's fine. Like you make it work, you know, Uh, if you want it bad enough, like you figure you find a way, you know, right. um, anime finds a way, anime finds a way, um, <laughs> but it's, it's tricky. It's definitely a lot of, uh, balls in the air at any time. And you have right. to be such a good business person in addition to a good artist. Well, you have to be able to afford to follow that passion, right? Because mm-hmm. like we said, like this job, it's not like your job isn't to book and make money on a session. Your job is to audition. So you got to hope and, um, and more than hope you got to put, the, the pieces in place so that you can do that and you can focus on your art and not yeah. be worrying about the struggle on the back end. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So like one of the things that people have been up against right now is um, with the quarantine, a lot of actors didn't have um, setups at home that could really accommodate a broadcast quality audio, whether right. it be a booth uh, or they didn't have a booth or they didn't have a microphone or their preamp wasn't as good as it could be or whatever. And so a lot of connect. Exactly. Or source connect itself, you have to pay to subscribe to. So, and the studio is not going to pay for that. Like that's one of your expenses as an actor. But, um, but my advice would be to bit by bit, purchase these things and work your way up so that you're not doing it all at once. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what happened to me, but I wasn't preparing for quarantine situation, but I did. I bought my, my microphone maybe five years ago and with my preamp. And then I bought a computer one year. I bought, you know, my booth a different year. This year I got my monitor and I had to pay for Source Connect, you know. So it's like, if you are going to have a career like that, it might be good to think about sort of stepping it up, stepping Mm -hmm. little by little you built, you know, so that um, you're not in that situation where all at once you have to, to do that. Well, and also I think that goes towards everything you've been saying about that is about having that focus or even that mindset of, hey, I'm going to be in class. I'm going to um, find a class or community where I can be doing the work and putting in the hours Mm -hmm. when when I'm not uh, employed, Mm -hmm. when I'm not in in the uh, recording studio. Yeah. Um, Because then, you know, it's not like a COVID situation hits every year, but, you know, things things happen or in an emergency situation um, you're not as ready to to jump in um, yeah. and kind of take that opportunity. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it all goes back to mindset and how you approach this. And if this is a career that you're interested in, mm-hmm. then you put in the time 
and you build that environment little by little. Like I had the same situation here where, you know, I, I live on a noisy street. Um, and so, you know, you kind of, you go, you go where the work is. I started doing audiobooks, and it's like, Hey, if I'm doing this from home, like I need to invest in my space and mm-hmm. make sure that it sounds good. So you start with your booth and little by little you add, you know, a nicer pop filter and right. like your nice mic and like a nice, um, audio interface and a preamp. And like you very slowly bring the pieces together. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because this is this is a long term game. We're it's in it for very long term. It's very long term. And I think people forget how long term it is. Um, like there's video games that I worked on last year that don't come out till next year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like there's you like especially I think because anime is such a quick turnaround because the footage is already done. We're just putting in the audio that there's a misconception sometimes in the community um, amongst the viewers where they think that things happen a lot quicker than they do. And it's like, no, someone could record a series that you're not going to hear about for two more years. That's going to be the biggest show on TV in two years. You know, like that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's just um, it this whole everything about animation but also the entertainment industry is a lot of it is long game unless you're like a streaming or you're you know a youtube star or something maybe you're doing content much faster than that but but a lot of this is the long game and how you invest in yourself and how you prepare for your long-term career is a big part of uh how you whether or not you succeed you know yeah well and actually because i know you do a ton of anime um Kind of which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you do did you start in prelay or did you start in anime and then kind of move into? Yeah, the I, other? I started in uh, commercial work. Well, I, yeah, like local commercials, radio commercials. And I was doing a lot of work for Radio Disney as a child. So they mm-hmm. use like real kids to say, you know. Radio Disney, we're all ears or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was a, that was the, what they were saying back then. <laughs> and I don't know if that's still there. So we're still all ears. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, you know, like I was doing all that as a child. And then I, um, my first big voiceover, like long term voiceover gig was the textbook that you mentioned in the, my mm-hmm. bio. And that's when I was about 14 or 15. And that's when I realized that I like really wanted to do this, but I still knew I wanted to do cartoons. And, um, it took forever before I was put on a, uh, like a, a, what we call prelay, which is the opposite of dubbing. So that means prelay, meaning the audio is done first or original. Sometimes we call it original animation. It took forever, but it took, <laughs> it took, I think like 13 years. I mean, it was like an embarrassing long time before I was a series regular on uh, original animated series. Um, from the time I like decided I kind of wanted to as a child to the time that it happened. And I was in classes that whole time. Like I was auditioning. Right. I mean, I told me and Zeno, you know, we were kids actors we were auditioning right. for copy we met uh in a voiceover class for children which by the way if anyone's listening to this um that is a, a minor or you have a child that is interested in voiceover we met um we were studying with a coach named Tony Gonzalez in Los Angeles who he teaches still he he's one of the best there ever has been in teaching children voiceover and he um he Uh, does privates as well as classes. And so that's how I met Zeno was in a class. But I mean, it's just like training for the Olympics or something where you see Mm -hmm. these people that are like children, like, you know, training, like it's kind of like that. Like we, they're really good, really fast, really early, some of them. And, um, and some of them took off really fast. Like some of them booked series right out the gate. Zeno and I, it took a really long time, but we're still doing it. Whereas a lot of the people that were doing it early on, um, burned out or whatever they decided as adults that they wanted to do other things with their life or whatever you know people have different journeys but um but for us it was always going to be the long game you know and uh, well that journey also prepares you right because I mean if you go into it um getting tasting success right out the gate yeah and and maintaining a certain level of success as soon as you have that first drop off you haven't built up the stamina <laughs> or the tough skin or yeah. or the mindset to be like hey you know what this is still something i love and i'm going to work through this period of drought and and i'm going to come out on the other side versus if you come into it not necessarily experiencing that success right out the gate and you've decided like this is what i'm doing i'm in it for the long haul mm-hmm. i'm going to work on me until that project finds me mm-hmm. i'm not going to sit on my hands you know but i'm going to be ready when that opportunity comes yeah and so there is there's a difference in mindset like my mom always talks about like your growing roots you know because you go through those moments of 
of, of self-doubt, you know, or where it gets to you that that you're not booking, right? Or you're not getting into a, a paid session necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about growing those roots. So I don't think it's it's a coincidence that you're saying like, oh, people, some people experience success right out the gate and then they burned out and, you know, and, and we were in yeah, this. Yeah, there's, right? there's all types of journeys. And I think one of the most important parts is uh, is learning not to compare yourself to others. They call it compare, compare and despair. You know, you cannot let that happen. You got to keep blinders on. You got to keep your head in the game. And you got to know that you're going to get the jobs you're meant to get. And you're just not going to get the ones you weren't meant to get. That's just the fact is that every every role that I've ever played, I know I was supposed to play that role. And the ones mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't supposed to play. You have to trust the process and you have to trust the universe. And there's a, a lot of power that comes into like making peace with that and uh, really getting comfortable in that and knowing that when you're when you're not booking you're not failing none of those were failures none of none of those hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of auditions I ever did I failed that's never you know it, but it's very hard to get to a place where psych psychologically you're comfortable in that and you're knowing that every audition you do you're a better actor at the end of the day when you turn off your microphone mm-hmm. than you were when you woke up that day period for having done it for just having gone through the steps and challenged yourself and tried. And um, so if you can get comfortable with that, that's a lot of it. But I, I didn't really answer your original question, which was the anime, ver- what came first. And that oh, was, yes. yeah, so um, I was doing anime a few years before I finally got cast on an original uh, animated series as a series regular. And then I still do anime. I'm still, you know, that's a big part of my life now. But mm-hmm. um, it did come a little bit uh faster but you know it's a long game either way i thought of something when you were talking about like you can't look at them as fa- failures mm-hmm. uh that melody thing i was telling you about earlier she she basically said you know look at all of those things that you perceive as quote-unquote failures as your prepayments for success so mm-hmm. that you own it when you get there oh yeah right and so it is a lot about that it's just kind of like being trained you know, mentally. Right. Yeah. So now, that when those moments come, you're not like, yeah, I deserve that. You're like, you know, I worked for that and, and I'm grateful. You know what? Our our teacher, Zeno and I's coach, Tony Gonzalez, who I mentioned before, by the way, yeah. his business is VO for kids. So if you need to Google, if anyone has children or if you're a child listening to this, go, uh, Google VO for kids. I will um, put that link in the show notes. Yeah. He, he actually made us do this type of visualization and breathing as children where we would visualize what the callback room would look like at Disney or wherever. Mm. And we would imagine the producers behind the glass and the writers. And so we would actually get comfortable seeing that so that when it happened to us, we weren't shocked. We'd been there before a hundred times, you know, in our heads. Mm-hmm. And it's such a weird thing, but it works. And so now... <laughs> Like, I don't get nervous when I'm, when I'm, in, I mean, I do get a little bit nervous, but like if I have a callback or whatever, or, um, or, you know, it, it, you just, you know, you went through your, like Mella said, like you went through your, um, all, you've done all the work, you're ready for that right. moment, you know? Um, and you're never going to feel, I, I don't know, maybe some people do, but you're never going to feel like completely void of any fear. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, if you're, if that happens, I don't know, I'm not there yet. Right. But That's you um, when you're listening and you are fearless, like good for you. Good for you, rock on, you know. But um, but but you do get comfortable in knowing. Look, the acting's there. I did all the work. You can't erase that in the moment. And so that's kind of how I am now dealing with this character that I'm recording now for this anime, which is a really challenging role that would have been difficult for anyone to do, um, emotionally. Uh, in the best of circumstances, in the booth, in the studio, when you're not having to worry about any tech, yeah. and it would have been difficult for anyone to do under that. And now to say, like, I'm going to have to do that under, like, the worst circumstances imaginable where I am having to do my own tech and we're under quarantine and it's this crisis and it's traumatic in every way. Um, but you know what doesn't change? The fact that I'm a really good actor. <laughs> like, that, you know, like, my training is there. And what I've noticed is in situations where you're nervous or stressed or a crisis situation or you do fall back onto your training and it clicks mm-hmm. in in a way that you wouldn't expect and so I think uh my years of <laughs> of that of it, you know it's gonna help me in this situation when I have nothing else really to support me um emotionally in this time is that that's still there you know you lean yeah. back on the training you lean back on uh just your your craft 
how good are you at your craft? How many tool belts do you know? What's in your tool belt? And how good are you at using it? Um, you're going to, you're, you're going to, we're going to find out, <laughs> you know, right. in the worst of circumstances, here's the test. Here's the ultimate test. And I'm ready to rise to the occasion, you know? And I, that was kind of weird is when I realized that it was like, you know what? The world has changed and I'm going to have to do this role that I knew was going to be really hard before I knew that the quarantine was happening and before mm-hmm. I knew the extent of this virus. Um, but what does what didn't change is uh, my ability didn't change at all. So, um, you know, that that and that's another reason that just training is so important. It's this is not like a glamorous career. There's easier mm-hmm. ways to get famous and make money. I promise you there's many, many more easy ways to do that. Yeah. But um, but if you love it, you you love it fully. Right. Um, and I think that will never, ever change. And so through all this, that's really uh, fired my desire to want to step up my game and figure out how to make it work because it's it's my love, you know, mm-hmm. whatever I have to do to make this work, I was going to do. Uh, but it was scary at first, for sure. There was like I said, there was a couple of days I was like, no, I'm not going to work for a, as long as this takes. And then after about a week or t- 10 days, maybe at most, I got over it and thought, OK, time to get to work, time to figure out how to make this work um, and juggle the uh, traumatic experience that we're all going through, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say going into this that you felt fairly tech savvy or were you like not I mean a, like tech person? I I'm really not a tech person. Um I had good equipment. So that was mm-hmm. the one thing that I did have going for me. I already had a fantastic mic and preamp and booth and um I just I had just got a new computer too. Um mm. At Christmas, I bought one because I wanted a, a, another write-off for, for the end of <laughs> the end of 2019. Um, but it's like so I financial had, literacy. Yeah, yeah, know your write-offs. You know, that's a whole other <laughs> whole other podcast on the that's business. another episode, right? Yeah, we just the do business, the business of voiceover. <laughs> but um, but you know, I had the equipment, which a lot of people have been stressing out over just getting the equipment um, and and paying for the equipment at once is stressful. Paying for it, getting yeah. things shipped out right, right now. Shipped, shipping is delayed everywhere. So in some ways, um, I had it a lot easier than some people technically, but. I am not tech savvy. Like I can record auditions with the full knowledge that like it's an audition. Don't try to put it on air, you know, and (laughs) it's always been good enough. But now, okay, what makes this broadcast quality? Well, our engineers had to tell us this is this is what's considered broadcast quality. This is how you make sure your settings are right. And and um, so, yeah, I I, but no, to answer your question, I wouldn't say I was very tech savvy, but I've learned a lot in the last few weeks. (laughs) Right. No, I think just the nice thing about that is for anyone who was feeling like, oh, yeah, like I'm not the person like I'm giving up. I'm rolling over, you know, it, yeah, it's don't that, give up. right. It's just that willingness to be like, you know what? This isn't my thing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try my best, mm-hmm. you know, and if it doesn't work out after that, it's like, OK, at least I tried everything I could, like everything yeah. that was within my control. Yeah. And to be fair, and that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I have to go down this path as far as I can. Maybe mm-hmm. I won't be able to do it. Who knows? But I have to at least go down this path until I'm stopped, you know? And then yeah. you get further than you thought and you push a little further. And by the end, you're like so far down the path. It's like, okay, we kind of did it, you know? But, <laughs> but the studios have been very understanding and accommodating in terms of giving uh, actors time to get these setups, you know, get their equipment shipped and whatever. So we kind of, we that's, everything slowed down in part because of that. Um, but the studios have been great on in, in the like I said, the engineers and the other actors sharing information about how we can all make this work because we realized really early on that we were all in this together, period. And there's no show that's just one person. So it's like, (laughs) even if you're ready and you're like, okay, cool, I got everything. Yeah, well, none of your castmates are. So it's in your best, if you want your show to come out, you know, it's in your best interest to help share the information and and get everyone, you know, on, on the same you know, moving towards the same goal and on right. the same page. So, but they've been great. Like, no, like the VO community is just such a good group of people because I think a lot of times it attracts people that are very, very much into the art and the creativity of it um, and, and respect the idea that we can't make any of this alone. It's not a one man mm-hmm. show, you know, but also um, they, they tend to not have like the egos that you see in other types of art. Sometimes, you know, they're very grounded people because our, 
our face and stuff, it's not is you know, it's not connected. It's it's bigger than us. I feel like the shows are bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the the characters' journeys are so intense, um, and I really want to let those shine and not make it about right. who is behind the mic. You know, well, you're a cog in a bigger machine, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not about you. Yeah, it's right. It's not. about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to to someone about this recently. Um. For Castlevania specifically, just because it's received so much love and and the community behind it has been so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but even talking about that, I'm like, well, it's, it's not about me. You know, it's like there are people that will find me or seek me out because they have an interest in this um, in this industry and they they want to know more about how the things they love are made. And so they'll kind of dig to see behind the scenes. But for the most part, it's not about me. It's about Saifa. You know, it's yeah. about the character. Um which is which is special because you know like this 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 entity lives beyond you you know yeah. and for for people like she's real she's a person in her own right mm-hmm. and internal yeah she'll live on so much longer than us you know it's so, kind yeah. of humbling and but I think that's also like a lot of it's my film school mentality because I you know did go to film school so I realized so early that actors are like the last people yeah they are the ones that you see the most when you think about a movie but they arrive to set last and they leave first you know (laughs) what I mean like they have such a a small part of the overall job of the production as a whole when you think of pre-production and Mm post-production and you know all every different step and the writers and the animators when it comes to anime and it's just like when you're thinking about prelay in particular too right because you come in and you lay it down and then you don't see it for a year or two years right right. and like there's a whole team that is like pouring blood sweat and tears into this every day for those Mm -hmm. years yeah yeah I had one of my friends from college worked on like um like the Netflix promotional team for a Netflix animated show I was on Mm -hmm. um for for children it's like a preschool show and uh and which one uh you who to the rescue okay really cute show if you have if anyone listening has children and uh and we did a ton of episodes of it. Um, but she didn't even know I was involved. And she was working in the marketing like division for that show, you know. So it's yeah. like there's even people like that. Like they are for months. I mean, that was like her mm-hmm. life, you know. For And it's like there's so many people involved in shows. If you are only thinking of the voice actors, it's just a tiny, tiny bit of the iceberg. And uh, yeah, which is kind of cool. Like it's a very humbling thing. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like it better that way, you know. I mean, like, yeah, the VO community is like a really special community oh, of people. Yeah. yeah. I do want to take some time to talk about uh, some some projects that you've worked on uh, specifically just because these are like huge fan favorites okay. and I don't want people getting mad at me later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did want to bring up Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion, yeah. Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, it's been around forever and it's been much loved and... Um, I mean, I want to know if if you had any um, exposure to it, like pre working on the show and came into it as a fan, or if you were introduced to it via, you know, getting the role. Mm-hmm. I had I uh, I had no idea. I mean, the the auditions for those were codenamed. The characters were codenamed. You know, everything, and mm. we didn't. Um, I didn't I didn't even see what the character looked like until the callbacks. I had no and I'm not I mean, <laughs> I feel so embarrassed saying this, but I'm not like a um I don't have a amazing a wealth of knowledge when it comes to anime um i'm learning a lot and i've seen all the shows in japanese that i've worked on in english um but i did not i was not familiar with this text before uh working on it and um it was of course intimidating when mm-hmm. i found out what it was and how much it meant to people it was like well well you better give the performance of your life like you better really <laughs> do this right and I mean, I mean, I knew I could, but of course it was like, yeah, this is intimidating. But we had a wonderful director, our voice director, Carrie Karanen. Um, We took our time with it. It was not a rushed dub. It was not a simul dub. Um, mm. It was it was like months upon months upon months of recording and getting things just right. And that character is like on a razor's edge um, in terms of where she is emotionally. And she changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um very in the most subtle way possible. We used this visual, the director and I, of having a tiny little palette of colors, like a painter, but with palette, but just 
so much smaller and you're in this little area and then you pop over and you're in this little tiny area and they're nuanced ever, ever, ever so slightly, but they're different. And that character and because it's a quote unquote, like a lot of her emotional is emotionality is like flat, but she's not flat. Like she mm-hmm. is going through her own journey and um, has many opinions on what's going on, but does not verbalize them as much as other characters. And so all of that had to come through. But I mean, that was a pretty remarkable um, experience. And uh, I do feel very honored to have a tiny piece to be part of something just, just such an important part of anime history but television history as well and it's such an important text because I had heard the name I mean I knew it was a respected piece of work Mm -hmm. you know so I knew there was reverence around it and in film school we watched a lot of uh seminal pieces of of work through from different countries but but it was more focused on uh uh films feature films not television so I was familiar I'm you know I'm familiar with a lot of the pieces of anime features throughout history more than I am uh television Mm -hmm. but I had definitely heard the name um Neon Genesis Evangelion and had no idea really what it was or why it was so important and then when I was cast I watched the whole thing in Japanese um and we also did two uh features as well that are also on Netflix and um I watched those as well and I think I had pretty much finished before we started recording uh, so I was able to kind of um, digest all of this and bring that into bring it to the table uh, when I came in to start recording. But it was like it did kind of blow my mind. I mean, it is like a phenomenal piece of work mm-hmm. and makes you think about so many different things. Um, and the voice acting in Japanese is outstanding. And so I uh, I really leaned on that to create my version of Ray as well. Um, So, I mean, I had a lot of help in terms of the director, the voice director, you know, and the original text. Um, I, but, but of course I was intimidated. Like that was, you know, that never goes away. But honestly, I've been intimidated in a lot of things. I was intimidated on Hunter Hunter because I was coming into this, uh, this anime that was also really, um, historical in its own right and coming in on like episode over 100 you know Hmm. and this character that was like on twitter everyone was like okay there's one more character they better not get it wrong you know (laughs) don't mess up komugi and i had been reading that for like weeks you know you're like thanks guys (laughs) yeah yeah and everyone it was so anticipating this character and i knew how long this show had been on the air and how many episodes and this was like quote unquote like one of her big episodes is like referred to as that episode you know <laughs> so I was like okay in the whole text of the world this character kind of changes uh the emotionality of the antagonist and the hero in such a way that it's like you better do it right you know so that actually happens to me a lot where it's like you're in a position where everyone's waiting to see what they do with this role mm-hmm. and whether you can rise to the occasion <laughs> and so I think I've learned to thrive on that and <laughs> and challenge myself in that way but um but it never goes away like of course I I don't think about how the fans want it done when I do it though I'll say that like I can't that can't be a part of my development of that character because the character doesn't know with all due respect the character doesn't know you exist you the viewer the character doesn't care like that's not part of my mental state at all when I walk into the booth to do those kinds of roles and it can't be if my if it was if I was trying to please the viewer when I walked into that booth I wouldn't be honoring the character because that is not a part of their world at all you know so of course whatever and then after I'm not in the booth I can look on Twitter and I can see people (laughs) saying whatever don't mess it up but you know but that can't be part of my developing of the character and it's really not I don't I don't care. <laughs> it's like, there's no way, there's no nice way of saying that. But it's like, yeah, I don't. But it's fair. Like, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. It's not a part of my art, you know. But then when people see it, and I think they wouldn't like it. If I did it the way they, if I did it with that in mind, you wouldn't be affected by the performance, trust right. me. Right. So, you know, so that's, I'm going to just keep doing it that way. That's just part of 
my process. But I like, I mean, I'm I'm honored to have been chosen for these roles um, repetitively that are like known for being challenging roles. And I've noticed I don't really have a typecast in anime. A lot of the characters are similar from show to show. And there's these um, typecast type thing. And I never really fit into one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do play roles that are typically like challenging like difficult emotionally or going through something or you know they are just hard roles a lot of crying and a lot of dying (laughs) that's my type (laughs) on your business card and everything yeah crying dying ryan (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) works a little too well yeah too well (laughs) um i also wanted to ask you about rom uh Mm -hmm. i know that's that you you played rom in re-zero and in isekai quartet too right yes yeah yeah isekai quartet we're um we're on season two right now yeah (laughs) i mean people people love rom that's what i'm getting from the interwebs oh yeah yeah it's which was challenging in its own way in a similar way that ray was challenging which is that they don't show what they're thinking so it has to be a very layered and nuanced performance because mm-hmm. this character isn't going to tell you outright they're going to use a lot of like for in the case of rom she uses a lot of humor kind of as a defense mechanism because she's very protective of her twin sister uh rem and there's um there's a, a few scenes where she where she does let it out and you really see her lose it. Um, and I don't really remember doing those scenes. That was much <laughs> easier. Those those times are much easier than pulling everything back right. and being so restrained for me personally. Um, and so I get a lot of questions about like the scream or like that scene, like the cry. And I'm like, I don't know, like those were mostly one takes like I didn't um, <laughs> like I, I that was much easier for me personally than being like. Uh, reeling it all in and, mm. and and giving her the dry tone that she usually has. Um, but yeah, I've played that character for like years now. It's kind of weird. And ReZero is a show that's coming back as well. Production in Japan was halted because of um, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that will be out in Japan. And obviously, we're not going to be able to touch it until it exists there. So I have no idea when we'll be back on that dub. But um you know, someday for sure. And I look forward to that day. Yeah, it'll be good. I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope so. And okay, I, I have to ask you about this because, you know, it's out now. And, uh, and people also really love Persona 5. Um, oh, anything yeah. you can or would like to share, you have the mic. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, definitely play uh you're gonna love it it's an amazing game i i just bought the phantom thieves edition um and i i play so many little characters throughout that i don't remember all of them i do play um the coach coach uh hiraguchi who is the um coach for laura post character which is the new character in in uh this version of the game and um I play so many other little characters. I think there's a funny moment with a uh, me um, boinging uh, cause, uh, the the cat's character, Cassandra's character. So if you see that, um, that's me uh, like hitting the cat on the head, uh, which is I'm told is like a cute thing that happens, but I haven't seen that yet in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a really wonderful fun time so i hope everyone's having fun playing we've gotten luckily totally by coincidence the gaming community has gotten a lot of massive titles during the quarantine <laughs> we've had uh, animal crossings final fantasy 7 remake and persona 5 royale coming out like um the, all during the quarantine so that's i hope keeping people sane and giving them some entertainment and some good content to get you through quarantine oh my gosh yeah yeah but thank you to those guys that you know everyone out there that's playing it i really appreciate we all really really appreciate you guys so keep playing <laughs> what has been like a personal favorite project for you to work on because i know we, we bring up yeah. stuff and it's also kind of like asking you to pick a favorite child but like right. for you something that really surprised you and you enjoyed working on just so oh, much definitely so uh um well komuki and hunter hunter is one of my personal favorites um but angela and carolyn tuesday and carolyn tuesday as a whole which um if the people listening are not familiar with it it's um by the director of cowboy bebop it's on netflix it's about a girl kind of folk band um and i play the antagonist which was one of my goals last year i sound i i think i just naturally sound kind of like 
sweet or nice and I don't like, mean to, but um, <laughs> I want to be but, mean. Right. Yeah. But I, I really, it was one of my goals to play an antagonist and I never knew like how that would manifest itself. Um, and Angela is definitely not like completely evil by any means, but that actually makes her a lot more interesting as an actor yeah. to, de- to delve into a character that has that many layers and she has like her own trauma and her own pain that's like amazingly severe. Um, and I won't, I don't want to spoil anything, but it gets real. That's that was definitely one of the most challenging uh, roles that I've um, been tasked with. But also uh, it was it. it, it because it was a Netflix original um, or a Netflix, I guess, worldwide release, uh, it wasn't anywhere for me to watch ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't anywhere for anyone to watch ahead of time. So we didn't really know where that character was going. And I didn't even know if she was going to be in the second half of it at all. Because um, I remember telling the director, oh, I hope I'm not. <laughs> I hope you see more of me, you know, <laughs> next time. But the second half of it is like, it's her journey. It's it's. It's Angela's story for sure. And it gets so dark and you see all these things that she's um, dealt with through her, throughout her life and who she is and what made her the way she is. And uh, she almost doesn't like make it through. It's like really, really traumatic. So, um, but that was a surprise. I had no idea where that storyline was going and wow. Yeah. What fun to get to create a character like that, to start one way thinking, well, I kind of always knew there was probably something more to her. Um, I didn't think I never really thought she was like just evil. But um, I but yeah, I had no idea it was going to get as real as it got. And we did all of when there's another there's a very dramatic part at the end. And it was all one take. And I just remember like, yeah, they were like, that's it. <laughs> like Print that, you know, <laughs> it was like it was. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one, to be honest. It's definitely one of the performances that I I'm I'll stand by forever for sure yeah so if you haven't seen Carol and Tuesday Carol you can go Tuesday. check that out on Netflix now and you can also go yes. play all these awesome video games that Ryan is a part of yes um, <laughs> while you're stuck at home yeah and I've enjoyed having you on the show so so much I can't believe that hour just flew by Thank you for having me. Seriously, it's it's been a blast. Yeah, I mean, it's been the coolest thing. Thank you for doing this because, you know, I, I don't know if people know, but we haven't met in person. We were talking no, we about haven't. this before, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of that that VO thing of, you know, we're we're colleagues in the same industry and we work on our own so much that we feel like we know people and we really don't. Yeah. No, I'm excited to give you a big hug someday when we're allowed to do that again. When we can touch people again. Yeah, yeah, and then I get to see you in person finally. There's some air <laughs> elbow bumps from here. Yeah, from here. <laughs> um, to close it out, I want to ask you something that I often ask people mm-hmm. on the show, which is what would your best advice be for your past self starting out as an actor? Oh, man. Um, keep doing it. Do not stop. Keep challenging yourself. I, as a child, was obsessed with Pokemon. I'm, st- I'm still obsessed with Pokemon, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but I would never have believed me in a million – well, I kind of always hoped. But, you know, I, I wanted to be a Pokemon master when I grew up. Like mm-hmm. that was – and I did it. Like how crazy is that? Crazy. So if I, I could whisper to myself like, hey, you're going to be like – you're going to be a Pokemon master. Like, just keep going. Keep doing it. I would, like, never believe me. But I would also, you know, probably keep trying because that's what I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, yeah, just you cannot – you can never give up. And this career in this life, it's going to be hills and valleys all the time. Mm-hmm. And everyone that you admire, whether you hear them say it or not, it's hills and valleys. Um, and – you have to just keep trying. You have to keep believing. You have to know this is what you're meant to do. You have to love it, really love it, um, and know that there's going to be a lot of rejection. Like, that's just part of it. Get used to it. It's never going to go away. It's never going to. Like, even huge A-listers. I bet you, you know, fill-in-the-blank with some Oscar-winning actress probably loses roles to some other fill-in-the-blank Oscar-winning actor. You know what I mean? That never ends at any level of this. So don't try to compare yourself to other people. Don't even do that. Just enjoy the process. Know that you are you. You have something that no one else has in that you are you. Um, and, you know, just keep going. So I hope that I can listen to that now and keep going. And, you know, because I know even standing here today that there's 
an unknown before us, you know, and of course, a million hills and valleys ahead of me in terms of how my career goes. And that's my advice for me then and now is don't stop. Keep doing it. It's going to be hard sometimes, but it's going to be amazing sometimes too, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, to everyone listening, I hope that you can follow Ryan's advice because that's just bottom bottom line. That's it. We just got to keep on keeping on. Yeah. <laughs> and especially right now in the, the age of COVID-19, it's all about just keeping on. Yeah. Keep on. And if you have any social media or work that you'd like to promote, the floor is yours. Yes. Um, well, check out uh, Persona 5 Royale, which just released um, like a week ago. I hope you guys that have it already are having fun. Um, and if you don't have it, please get it and check it out. Um, my Twitter is at Ryan Bartley, R-Y-A-N-B-A-R-T-L-E-Y. My Instagram is E Ryan Bartley. So the same thing, just with an E before it. Um, and then I have a Facebook um, like fan page thing. It's actor Ryan Bartley on Facebook. And that's also my website is actorryanbartley.com. Keep in touch. I love hearing from you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. What a treat to be able to sit and chat with Ryan for a good long hour. She was nice enough to come in and hang out with us. But if you're listening to this further down the line, this happened right in the middle of quarantine. So it was a good chance for us to talk about how people in our industry, how voice actors are adjusting to working from home and working through quarantine and dealing with the unique challenges that that's presenting. Um, but it was also great to just talk about the VO community in general and how people have pulled together and what it looks like to standardize your home setup or build it little by little and really staying focused and beyond this being business minded as well as being an artist and working through what we perceive as failures or disappointments or rejection with that long-term mindset. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Rolling Wild. I hope you guys are staying safe. And I hope that listening to this episode brings a little bit of a smile into your day and maybe breaks up some of the, the roughness and the strangeness of this time and, and having to be in quarantine and having to be separated from the people that we care about. But thank you for listening in. I had a great time. Be sure to check Ryan out on her social media. Be sure to check out her projects and Persona 5 Royale. And we'll call that episode 205, Voiceover Finds a Way, Growing Roots and Putting in the Work with Ryan Bartley. <laughs>